everyone. I'm Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Thanks for joining me today. Today's episode is surrender, never or fully commit. Have you ever thought that instead of asking for what you think you need, going with total surrender and letting God, source, universe, choose what you're filled up with? Maybe what you've been asking to be filled up with is not what you in fact need that day to have what you actually want. Let's just pull all that apart today and figure out what what we should be doing. Should we be fully surrendering or something else? Let's talk about it, guys. Thanks for joining. So this year, the word surrender has really been a theme for me. Uh, When you find yourself just not getting the life that you dreamed of and God plops a totally different plan on your lap, it's time to reevaluate. It's time to start thinking, you know, some obviously somebody else, something else, some there's some other plan that I'm not seeing. So what is it? And for me, the best way was to just fully surrender. I'm not sure if you've ever had a moment like this, but after the loss of my husband, I hit my knees and broke down. I basically found myself, you know, looking up to God and saying, "What?" Obviously, this isn't what you had planned for me, but I don't see why. You know, we had a great thing going. We had um, everything just was in place for us. And we had actually just said the words that we could die tomorrow and we would be happy and feel fulfilled. And then cancer knocked on our door. So in those moments, you definitely look at what you perceived life was going to be in a whole different light. I just started to think, okay, I've got it all wrong. <laughs> We've Somewhere along the line, we had a, a vision for our future that was wrong. So what is it? And I told you guys in a different episode that I would explain why, for me, it's always going to be God. And that is because when I found myself on my knees, when the tears wouldn't stop flowing and I, I didn't know what to do, what direction to turn... I asked God to pick me back up. I mean, I always had faith. Our family was always religious, um, but, you know, not, you know, especially in my adult years, raising a family myself with all the busy schedules and everything. We weren't in every Sunday we're at church religiously. <laughs> um, we were kind of the holiday family, but we went to Sunday school every week. You know, I dropped my kids at Sunday school. I wanted them to have morals and values. And to me, it was like a place to be surrounded with other people that also you know, looked to higher power and wanted that, you know, morality piece um, intertwined in their kid's life. So anyway, um, but I did, the second that my husband was diagnosed with cancer, I felt like everything dropped in my lap. I no longer had a choice but to have faith. And that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people because I think for a lot of people, the moment of a big diagnosis like that or a big loss is the moment that they turn away from their faith because they feel as though, you know, God has abandoned them in that moment. And for me, it was the exact opposite. I knew if there wasn't God involved in this, then this is senseless. For me, it was if God is a part of this, then I can believe and have faith that it's for something better. And I can't see it, but something bigger than me knows what that is and something good will come from it. And the reason I was able to feel that way was because in the past, 100% of the time, I've 
always found that when I really don't like something that happens in my life and I can't see or understand the purpose of it, in hindsight, I always see, always, that it was with my best interest in mind every time. Um, Even we had this dream home that we wanted so badly. We were so close and every time, and this happened over and over and over because we were looking for a lake house um, in a market where lake houses were just getting kind of like swallowed up quickly. As soon as one went on the market, it was sold and it was somebody paying all cash with no contingencies. And I don't know if you guys have ever been on the hunt for a home and been through this, but it was like an emotional roller coaster because we would envision our family there. We would see that it was the perfect thing, the perfect spot, the perfect neighbors, the perfect view, whatever it was each time just to have it sort of swept out from under us. And I couldn't understand it because I knew we were coming in with a beautiful intention of a future with our family where we could gather at a place together and have so many beautiful memories. I think some people just wanted to buy it to be able to flip it or to whatever the purpose was, didn't feel as you know, good and coming from as good of an intention as ours in my own mind. Of course, we all tell our stories in that way. But I did believe that, you know, we were doing it for the right reasons. Um, It wasn't some, you know, trophy thing we wanted. It It was literally just more time together to enjoy and to have our kids someday return and, and be around us more and have more special time together. So I was getting really angry when it wasn't coming together. Well, I mean, now you fast forward and five years later, I lose my husband to cancer. And I can tell you, you know, I had been a stay-at-home mom at that time and we had made the decision to have me do that. Um, Not because I didn't have a big career. I was, you know, I had my doctorate in physical therapy and I was really successful and career-driven, but to us, everything shifted when we had our kids and our priorities were different. But at any rate, I was not working. So imagine in that first year after losing my husband with a mortgage of the size that we were looking at for these future homes, the amount of fear that just would have flooded me. Um, I would have been so overwhelmed worrying about paying that mortgage and, um, it is not what I would have wanted and I would have had to sell it and I would have had to make a lot of big changes very fast and I just, God had my back in that. I can't see it any other way. It finally, once that all came to fruition, I was able to clearly see that the vision I had for my future didn't match. (laughs) You know, there was, if I got what I wanted, I would have had misery So without fail, someone had my back. And to me, that's God. So um, throughout this episode, I'm going to say God because that's what's real and true to me. And I'm all about being authentic. You can fill in the blanks for yourself if you are, you know, if you refer to higher power, source, universe. I'm open. I just want you to hear the message. It's not about me preaching. You need to believe what I believe. But I I think you need to hear this message Um, because really we often want control that's something that we all like to have is our own plan seen through and at the end of the day when people are like trying to manifest this future or trying to like you know i want to get rid of this sickness disease cancer um i need to 
you know, with grief especially, it's to me it was all about control. I feel like I refer to this toilet bowl often, but it's because you feel as if you're swirling around and can, you're trying to grasp for something, but you know, you could call it being in a blender, I guess is another way of putting it, but you just can't almost get your footing and you have zero control. If you had control, you wouldn't have lost that person you love most likely. So you feel as if you don't want to let go of any more control because every bit of control is being stripped from you. Um, you have to suddenly do what you have to do. You have to plan a funeral. You have to write an obituary. All these things that you don't want to do. You want to dig your heels right in and not have to do. But all, they're all being put at your feet <laughs> over and over and over. So control becomes a real big thing. So surrender. <laughs> Let's get into this bit because it's interesting because I feel as if it's quite the opposite, right? What is surrender? It kind of is the opposite of control. And boy, are we controlling by nature. I mean, why do we need to steer the ship, right? So if you're asking for patience when really God knows you need joy right now, he knows what you need, right? I mean, in the end, we just want to control it so badly. We're so used to being the one to make the decisions. Why do we need to be captain of this ship? Why? Um, you know, I also, to me, when I feel like I can't hear God's answer, I try to remember that I have a handbook. It's called the Bible, which, you know, a lot of us don't really pick up and turn the pages of, but I've tried to more lately. But the other thing is we don't really need a whisper in our ear. I feel like I was always, I'd ask a question and then feel like I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing the answer. A lot of people talk about how they hear God's answer. I don't hear anything. What's happening? But really, we don't need that. It's the whisper in our ear, that little like voice that you sometimes hear is really your intuition. People call it intuition all the time, but I think it's it might just be that answer that you're asking for, right? It, it comes in your own voice because that's what you hear in your head, but maybe that is God's answer to you. When we think that we're not hearing a thing, maybe we're just thinking that it's our own voice that we're hearing. When really, maybe that is God's whisper, right? So listen, God got me up off my knees, right? Where is the love of my life now? Where would I be right now if I didn't know, <laughs> right? So think about this for a second. We're talking again, I love to go back to this because I think this is a shift the entire world needs is not talking about hope, not hope, faith right? I just heard something about controlling and reining in the horses that are pulling your buggy of life, right? Like pulling you along and saying, basically, if you don't rein it in, then they're going to go wild and your buggy is going to take off and go in the wrong direction. But I kind of like disagree with this point because I think the answer that I've been missing most of my life and probably why my buggy was all over the place for so long <laughs> was because I need to let go of the reins and hand them over to God. Like without us controlling it, with us handing over the reins, I don't think it's going to be this crazy buggy all over the place. I think the problem is I have been the one trying to steer those reins for so long and it doesn't work because I steer and I steer and I steer <clears throat> and I'm getting the same end results. Why am I getting the same end results? Because I've done that before. I've been there. I've tried it. What would happen? What would happen if I just said, you know what? Here you go. Jesus, take the wheel moment, right? I'm handing this over to you. I am 
no longer the one that's going to try to steer and demand that this goes the way that I want it to go. I'm just going to hand them over. Doesn't I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what that next step will be. But I trust. I have faith. I don't hope. I don't say, oh boy, here comes this big corner. I sure hope someone's going to do something for me. I'm going to have faith. That's how you have total surrender. Because if you're not willing to literally hand them completely over and you're still wondering what's going to come, that's still a little element of control, right? We're still technically kind of like hanging on to that one part of the reins or leaning in or whatever. We're not completely just enjoying the ride, right? So it's funny because another thing I want to talk about today is a trigger word that a lot of people don't like. And I know this because I was recently in a a large group of about 500 people and somebody said it and oh, the comments that came up and everybody saying, oh, that triggers me. I don't like that word. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Obedience. Now, think on obedience for a second. I think this is a really interesting word because it goes back to control again, doesn't it? If we're obedient, Again, isn't that kind of the opposite of control, similar to surrender? Um, And for anyone out there who's grieving, you know, again, control, such a big part of what we're desperately trying to hang on to because we're feeling that swirl. So obedience is a funny one because if if you hear it and it triggers you, let's look inside for a second, just a little coaching moment here. But um, why is it that it's so triggering to you? Have you in your life had a time where you felt like your control was stripped? I mean, just like really look inward on what it is and why it is that it triggers you. So I was listening to a, um, I guess it was like a a mastermind maybe, um, between Kathy Heller and Alison Bird recently. And I want to say also the woman who um, produced the Oprah Winfrey show was also in it. But at any rate... Alison Bird was saying that as far as obedience, she doesn't call it obedience. She calls it alignment and cooperation. And I thought that was genius. One, because it doesn't trigger us. Anything, any word that kind of quickly gets us all up in our defensive resistance place is not great. But she was saying alignment and cooperation. And those are two words that have a really positive feel to them, right? When you're in alignment, that means, you know, you're sort of like your best version of your best self. And cooperation is just like doing it with others and those around you and the experience of life around you. So it feels like good. I don't know, you hear those words, it doesn't feel so. She was saying like nothing's hanging over her, requiring obedience and that for her just felt a little better. And I like that. If we're feeling like, well, my resistance to religion is this um, sense of this feeling I need to be obedient to somebody. Again, take the word right out of it and just really look at what is it. Are you really wanting to envelop more spirituality and you're not feeling really religious because there's this sense of like, I have to be obedient to somebody. Um, When really all we're saying is like, let go of feeling like you need to control and steer this ship of life so much. (laughs) Oh no, getting a little philosophical here and I don't want to go too far down this road, but it just, it's really interesting to me. I just like to observe it and kind of think like, where are people coming from with this? What is it about it that's like, really makes them resist. And I think for everybody, it's different. Like I think a lot of people have bounced around between different religions and they're just looking for that thing that feels good and fits. A lot of people um, love the idea of God, but don't like the sort of um, 
constraints they feel within church um, or you know it's just it's really interesting to me the why spirituality feels like a safer word than religion and why um, it seems like we're all talking about the same thing but we don't like the words that each other use so that's what today was supposed to be really about is like I want you to just think on surrender control obedience these words that are like they're they're triggering for sure they're also really thought-provoking for me because it makes me think like okay so we have resistance around a lot of like ideas in life and resistance is what gets in our way right so you have this like dream job it's so awesome and you can't wait to you know pursue this career and then what happens this voice right a voice pops in and goes you're not good enough or someone else is more qualified or it's going to take too long to get there or it's going to cost too much money and da, 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 da. you hear that little voice you know what I'm talking about <laughs> and it stops us right in our tracks and I feel like it's similar when we talk about surrendering and I think surrender is so important to achievement because when you're trying so hard to go a certain way and make it happen an exact way that you want it to happen it's like you've already shut down opportunity and possibility so what i mean by that is like if you have to be the one who decides the how it happens and if you have to be the one who's controlling it and holding those reins and steering it and you are then blocking out and almost blind to all of the other possible potential ways it could happen and it could fall in place. You suddenly don't even see, uh, Kathy Heller actually refers to this, I think is like the third door. <laughs> and I think I can't remember if she said Seth, anyway, it's the idea that there is another way, right? So it goes along with this whole thing, it goes along with this resistance that we're having to being obedient or surrendering. Um, so yeah, no more obedience. Let's go with alignment and cooperation. I'm with you, Alison Bird. I love it. Uh, but for sure, like, let's figure out why is it that we don't want to surrender? That's your homework. I give a homework every time. This is your homework this time is really think about it. Like, am I surrendering my everyday or do I wake up in the morning and I'm immediately like, okay, fill me up with peace. I need, like, I want to be completely open to receiving peace and calm and you haven't even considered that maybe you don't need peace in your day maybe a whole bunch of crazy wild loud energy is just what you need to raise up your vibration to like attracting some of that maybe that's what you need that day in order to finish your to-do list in order to uh, find the perfect house or um you know, enjoy your job fully, whatever it is. Maybe you needed joy to get there and you thought you needed peace. Maybe the peace and quiet is not what you need. Maybe the, you know, other side of all of this is that there is another way, there is the third door, there is the other way in which it's gonna to come together for you, but you need to surrender asking for the way in which it's going to happen. You need to let that go. I can't harp on this enough because let's talk health. I always say that my grief started at diagnosis. And again, that uh, tying grief in to control, that's when my control was taken from me. When you have a major health diagnosis or the person you love has a major health diagnosis, it is just, it stops you in your tracks and it strips you of 
any element of control you once had so completely. There was nothing that I could control. I couldn't even control my daily schedule because we had to be at this appointment at this time and I had to rearrange and get people to help me with my children. I couldn't, um, any outcome that you want, the control there, it's like, come on. And, and if you try to manifest it, think about what you're really trying to manifest. Again, because I go with, with grief, this is how I look at things. It's not the person we're grieving as much as the feeling the experiences, all of that. So think about when you're trying to control an outcome for health. <laughs> if you're focusing on, I want this MRI to show no cancer. I want the blood work to come back at this number. You're going to attract more of wanting that result. You're not attracting that result. And what's actually going on in your body, what feeling and emotion, whatever, are you actually like back to the magnetism we talked about last episode? What are you drawing and attracting right now is total fear, total worry, total want, none of the good stuff, right? There's just like, even if you're telling yourself in your mind, you're not there. You're in a place of lack of control and fear. So trying to get out of that to really manifest the results you want, is it feels impossible. It truly does. So why not surrender? Why not give up the control? There are aspects of a major health diagnosis that you can control. And what I empower you to do is take control of the aspects that you can manage that are in your, like, listen, at the end of the day, we all have free will, right? God wanted us to make some choices on our own. He's giving us that freedom to make our own choices and to have to live or die by them, right? So let's look at what we do have control of. What are you putting in your mouth, your diet, your exercise, your, um, fluid intakes, your environment, like all of these factors are things you can control. So don't focus on outcome. Don't focus on what you're hoping tomorrow is going to bring for a lab result or, you know, an MRI or an x-ray or a million other things. Don't even just like getting up and walking and all of those functional things that you might be hoping for and keeping your fingers crossed for. Stop, stop hoping have faith, okay? So start with what can I control? What is in my control that are just, you know, every day, you know, I know that this is healthier for me than that. Then make the right choice. Make those good decisions it's because you can't control the rest. But what could steer the ship a little bit <laughs> in your favor is certainly attracting what you're wanting and not, and what you're wanting is not fear. It's not, um, you know, to have a result, it's you really are trying to bring in what? What would it feel like if you got that end result? If you looked at the lab result and saw, oh my gosh, I'm, people call it NED, but basically it's no evidence of disease, N-E-D. I got NED. <laughs> I got no evidence of disease. How would you feel inside? Oh, free, right? Or relief or whatever it is, that's something that you can bring into your day and that will attract that reaction, if that makes sense. So instead of trying to 
force or beg or, you know, plead or pray or like, trust me, it's the bargaining phase of grief. Ooh, it's a big one. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't yield results. You can bargain like crazy. I promised to do a million things if God would just leave my husband here on this planet to work with me on it. You know, and I, it doesn't work. That doesn't work because it, what's already is written is written, so to speak. You know, I mean, even with all of these efforts that we're going to put in to try to change ourselves at the end of the day, there is something that I believe is already a pre-written ending to the story. And maybe the coolest part of all of this is just that peace will come with surrender because once I accepted the fact that all of my efforts, while they might have prolonged some of my husband's life, um, and the end, the, at the end, it was all pre-written, and so there's peace in that because it means you don't have to work so hard, right? All of that is just creating struggle and struggle in all aspects of your life. So on that note, I'm gonna take a quick break, and I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. If you're finding yourself needing some grief coaching, I offer that um, in a one-hour session. Currently, I have spaces open, and if you check https colon slash slash canyoucurecancer.com, you will find a products area, and within there, you'll see one-to-one grief coaching where you can purchase um, our times through Calendly. You'll be able to see my Google Calendar and find a time that works for you. And I want to make sure that if you need anything beyond just coaching, that you can find help there as well. So also on my website under the support area, you'll see links to Better Health, which I personally love for finding a little bit more, like in the um, area of counseling or a million other things. They have great um, emergency resources listed on there and um, a lot of different ways in which you can get help. But I just wanted to let you know that if you're wanting some grief coaching with me, that it is there on my website. So be sure to go over there and check it out. All right. Thanks guys. And also don't forget to subscribe. I want you guys to subscribe so you can follow my blog and see what else I have going on. And now back to the show. So I always spoke about the ego, um, the ego being that voice of resistance inside of us that's sort of telling you you're not good enough or that um, you're not qualified enough or somebody else is better at it or looks prettier or whatever the case may be. Um, I always said that the ego was the devil because it was that part that makes us question ourselves. But you know what? The First of all, it's not all bad. We need ego in there to protect us, keep us safe. That's a good thing and so I would like envision this little devil on my shoulder and like and people would say you can't like if you're so hard on yourself all the time that's not a good thing either so instead of being like oh be quiet and trying to shut that voice down I would be like my kids and I would came up with this little image of like tickling the little devil on your shoulder and being like oh aren't you so cute <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that I'm, I'm all set I don't need you to step in and like get in my way here so the joke is kind of on this little devil on your shoulder because what it's not realizing is the gift that it's giving us, which is that similar to yin and yang, there's no appreciation for the good stuff without the presence of the bad stuff and the reminders, right? So, I mean, even this little devilish guy on our shoulders is offering us protection, right? And 
when I think about grief and I bring up grief because I know that if you're here, even if you're here because of health or other reasons, mindset, whatever reason you've listened to this podcast today, there's got to be some element of grief because when we feel that sense of loss of anything, even if it is just like not having to schedule these stupid appointments into our day, (laughs) right? Something like that even. You're still grieving what you had before, which was this freedom of not having to be on this regimented schedule or whatever the case may be. I know that when I speak grief, I'm actually speaking to everybody. Even if you haven't lost somebody, there's probably an element within you that is grieving something that you once had that you've lost. So when I'm saying grief, I'm thinking of that. But why I'm saying this is because if you have big grief, you can have big joy, right? So don't shut it down necessarily. Don't be like, well, I'm so, I, I'm so sad. I'm going to just stuff this all down and not deal with it. Because I come across as somebody who's very joyful because I am very positive and upbeat as like my go-to. I, I just, that's how I like to put myself into the world. But what you all don't see most often is that I also grieve big. I cry hard. I don't hide it. I will let it out whenever it decides to surface and I acknowledge it because that's the healthier way to deal with your grief, not to shove it down, not to bury it and cover it up with a mask of happiness that's not real. Have your happy moments, but also welcome in and express your grief because I go back a lot to this, but what I did as a physical therapist was treating people that had emotional energies that were trapped in their body, causing physical sickness. Um, And that's just not what we want, right? Last thing we need is now we're causing more sickness because of our emotions. So I'm just saying like, Welcome the big grief because on the opposite side of that is big joy. If you're somebody who can experience big grief and allow yourself to have that emotion, you're also going to be allowing yourself the opposite, which is big moments of great joy. So living in the middle is that robot zone, I call it. Like, right, you just don't want to be lulled to everything. Like, great, you just stifled all that big grief, but you're not super happy. (laughs) So you're just kind of in the middle and doing your daily thing. That's just existing. That's not living, right? I think we can all agree that's not the life we want for ourselves. We wanna be fully experiencing life. And yeah, it sucks, it really does. But with that means you have to experience the big hurts in order to have the big joys. So you have to let yourself have that experience. And then you process it and let it go, right? You don't have to like, completely relive this all the time, but you have to acknowledge it and then let it go. And that's letting stuff move through you. So when you talk about processing grief or allowing it to go, it's not reliving, it's not hurting yourself more, it's not like, it, it's just allowing it. That it, There's no way to stop it. The pain is there, regardless of whether you're wearing it on your you know, arm as a patch or whether it's something that is deeply buried, it's still there. It happened and it's going to be there. So would you rather have it shoved deep inside this body that you have and allowing it to cause more hurt? Or would you rather, you know, let go of that and let it move on and 
you know, it moves through you instead of, you know, just staying stuck in you. That's the way I see it. But once again, this is another opportunity where our control is going to want to sneak in. So just be aware and have um, just uh, an awareness of it that grief will oftentimes pop up at very inconvenient times. So wanting to control that and trying to just shove it all down in and hold it back until you have a better time when you're in the car or in the shower, it's not going to work. <laughs> One is energetically, you're still in that experience. So even if you're able to continue to function, shove it down deep, it's still happening inside you. So the energy around you, people will still experience that. You're better off to excuse yourself for a moment and go in the bathroom and have a cry, honestly, because the worst thing is when you're just trying to hold it back, but you're still in that experience, and then what you're putting out into the world is just gonna bounce right back at you, right? We know this now, like whatever you're putting out is gonna come back, so if you're, if you're energetically in a bad mood, it doesn't matter, everybody feels it, you know? So let it out, and then you can move forward. Um, I always say this, but it's not about moving on. It is about moving forward. We have to figure out how to go forward. And it's a lot lighter moving forward without all the baggage weighing you down. So whatever it is that you're carrying, you've got to find ways to let it pass and not just shove it down till you're ready to deal with it. The control has to go. It's not up to you to control. It's just not. And the more that you resist that and fight it and have to have it go your way and in the way you want it to be, the more you're just putting on blinders to all of the other awesome opportunities that are like bubbling up and ready to be, you know, making your life even better. I was speaking with a woman recently who was trying to get the perfect love of her life to show up and... I was reminded of how when we try so hard for something, it just doesn't seem to come to fruition. And then like the second you give it up and you stop focusing on it, it just happens. And that's all I could think of because, you know, you're when you're trying so hard and you're thinking, there's, whether you realize it or not, you have a, an idea in your own mind of how something's going to be most often. So like in her case, she was expecting to, you know, run into this person um, on the, I don't even remember where she was saying she was going, like bars or at a restaurant or, you know, thought that she'd see them, you know, at her church or whatever. But she had a, an idea in her mind and they weren't showing up. So just imagine what you're shutting yourself off to when you have expectation of how something's going to play out. I just kept picturing in my mind, like, it's probably nothing like that at all. You know, she could probably be at like a family reunion and somebody brought like their best friend or she could be like, you know, in a traffic jam and all of a sudden, you know, some person looks over out their window and you know they have this connection or maybe it could be that she finally gets convinced by a friend to join some online dating or like who knows or maybe it's like the random you know salesperson on the internet that's trying to sell you something and then all of a sudden you get to talking but like my whole point is just that like she was so set that I'm putting myself in all these places. I'm doing like thinking that the right places were going to bring the right person. <laughs> and it's almost like, you know, you're trying to play this game that there's there there. It's going to happen 
when you stop and you hear that all the time the second i stop looking for them oh my gosh they showed up well that's not coincidence guys it's just not coincidence it's happening because you finally stopped wanting stopped looking because when you're wanting and looking you're gonna get more wanting and looking and i know i'm a broken record but i just wanted to remind you that that control factor can sneak in into any aspect of our lives it's not just um the health or the uh, mindset piece but even like in our relationships we can definitely let trying to control how things happen lead to it not happening and that's frustrating so would you rather be it be your way and you be in control and not have it happen <laughs> or allow it to happen and maybe not in the way in which you ever dreamed it could happen you know the best things in life seem to happen in that way when it's just completely unexpected in a surprising manner but when you really think about your health oh there's so many so many parts but we are actually in control of quite a bit and it's just deciding to surrender that piece of it I think that can get you to the next hurdle so you've already controlled everything you could up till now right you've been controlling your whole life and look where it got you it got you sickness so maybe on the other side of surrender is the answer you seek that you have been trying so hard to make happen I Definitely, I know I mentioned this a lot, but I definitely turned over every single rock I could in every single corner of the world. There are a lot of brilliant, brilliant things out there happening that can change the health of your cells. And I swear by that. I know it in my bones. There are things out there that can help, but there are things out there that even the best solution and the best drug or the best um, surgery or the best whatever cannot change for you those are the things that we're talking about here because sometimes even with the best solution even with all of the the things that should work if you are controlling it if you're having to have it go your way if it has to happen by this MRI has to show this if you're saying um, you know chemotherapy has to be the fix it has to be it's our last thing well guess what you just sealed the deal on that right you literally just made the statement it has to be this or nothing like it's like calm down a little bit and think about your words because when you put them out there things happen <laughs> right start using better ways to talk and start being a little more receptive to all of the amazing ways in which something could happen because every single day they're coming up with new treatments every single day you could stumble on something that some random person at the grocery store mentions to you that could be the fix you needed because your body's different than the next person's so no two people are going to respond exactly the same to any treatment out there so just because bobby got his fix by having chemotherapy for this many weeks and then radiation for this long and then making these health changes and then having immunotherapy you know in the second year that's not going to be your story don't pray for that don't ask for that don't think that that's the only way in which you're going to find your health because somebody else did i just think that if you get so caught up and wrapped up in a certain solution in a certain way with a pretty package then you're going to be disappointed 
because regardless of whether or not you get healthy or not, the path isn't going to be the same. Just because, you know, Nancy didn't lose her hair doesn't mean you're not going to lose your hair. Just because, you know, immunotherapy made my husband throw up doesn't mean you're going to throw up. So I'll use an example of that. Um, when my husband had his immunotherapy, his cancer was surrounding his brain and spine. And the way they explained it was it looked like splatter paint. So it was like freckles of it all throughout. So when he had immunotherapy, which is going to attack those cancer cells, what are they attached to? Healthy tissue that was keeping him walking, that was keeping him talking, that was keeping him, you know, having bowel and bladder control and having digestion and breathing and all of, I mean, the brain and spine does everything. So we're attacking that now because they're connected, right? There's not some defining line. So we always knew that if we got our Ned, it might not look the same as the next person's no evidence of disease, right? Because even in the absence of his disease, it might be he no longer has that cancer, but he now has no ability to walk. Or he might have, um, you know, reduced how many freckles and splatters were in there by 50%, but with that 50% could have meant 50% of his ability to talk was lost. Um, it was just a scary time for us. But I bring this up because people ask me all the time, well, how, what was your experience with immunotherapy? Be careful with that when you ask somebody about their experience with a disease because suddenly in your own mind you have this picture and it's hard to erase what you've heard. So um, if somebody tells you that their experience was one way, it's like somewhere in the back of your mind you always have this awareness now that that could be the same for you. And you don't want that. You, you need to go in with an open mind and Obviously, doctors have the experience of having seen other people go through it, so there's value in that. Their opinion on what they think your outcome will be is valuable. That's why we go to doctors. They've seen several people with you know a similar diagnosis or same diagnosis, but you know obviously different variables. But and they know what a likely outcome is. So we talked about this in a, a previous episode, but prognosis that likely outcome. So that, I mean, it's important, but when you hear the stories attached to prognosis um, in on either end, a positive or a negative outcome, it can set expectations for you, whether or not you wanna believe it, it's been heard and your subconscious has taken that in, that information. And it's always searching for evidence, right? So I just warn you to not go down that path too much of asking other people of their experiences. If you're truly worried and you're needing to plan, say for work, I need to know whether I'll be able to still function or whatever, that's a different story. I mean, you can always talk to your doctor about it and just say, you know, it, have you yet experienced somebody being able to continue working through this treatment 
or are you recommending that I take some time off? Um, and it can be that simple just to say, okay, well, he thinks I need some time off. Then because then your brain gets to decide on its own. Like you can fill in the blanks. You could be like, okay, he's saying I need, I should be taking some time off from work. He just wants my immune system to be fully available to do what it needs to. You know, you don't have to have this connection to like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to talk anymore. I'm going to, you know, be without a voice for X amount of time. I might never sing again. Oh my, you know, and you go down a path. That's not what you want. Um, so I would say just to be on the side of caution when it comes to always wanting more information and doing big, deep Google searches and getting yourself down a path of expectation of certain outcomes. Your story is different. Your body is different. And um, your outcome could be beautifully different. And it also... I'm never going to sugarcoat when, you know, it, it could be vastly worse. <laughs> it could be. That's a fact. But, um, you know, you're going to handle it each day with what you have happening that day. Thinking too much about the future and what's to come and prognosis and down the line isn't the way you want to be. You want to be right here in this moment and celebrate everything you've got. So if you're feeling good today, if you have high energy today, celebrate that. If you have really low energy and crappy and you're like, I don't know what to hold on to and nothing feels good and right right now, there is something. Think harder. Are you still sitting upright in your chair? Are you still able to swallow? Are you still able to hear this podcast right now? Because that means you have something going right and you need to just start there and celebrate that. It'll spread like everything, you know, <laughs> put a little bit of that into like that gratitude in your day and you're going to feel that spreading. But um, I'll leave you with that for now. Gratitude's always a great way to end anything. <laughs> so let's end it on gratitude. So I will say this today, we went through a whole bunch of stuff. We talked about things like obedience that can be triggering and finding new ways to talk about it so we don't get all, um, you know, up in a tizzy and finding ways to really just accept surrender and I think it's it's a beautiful idea is to not have to worry so much about steering that ship so perfectly let someone else take the reins for a little while just see how that pans out and let me know get back to me and let me know how it went for you all right guys thank you so much for joining and I can't wait to see you on the next episode